Golfcast, presented by Bones Brothers Media. Money, money, money. That's really what DFS golf is all about, and we had some more caches this week. If you listened last week to the Masters, we talked a lot about Hideki Matsuyama, the winner of the 2021 Masters. It was a fantastic weekend. It is the Bones DK Golf Show. TW Man 66 joining us as always from Tampa, Florida. How you doing down there, T-Dub? Doing real good, you know. Uh, no days off here in DFS golf. Let's go. And Bones DK Golf, the namesake of this podcast, still keeping it cool in Colorado. How are you doing today, man? Not feeling great. Uh, what an exciting weekend of the Masters. Uh, I keep getting more and more screenshots and uh, people sending me, you know, winning lineups that each week. Uh, I think last week was probably the most I've ever gotten. A lot of good reviews. Wow, man, great take on Hideki and just overall. I think we're feeling good, man. So I'm excited about this week. I've done some research, and I'm ready to uh, let everyone know who I like this week. It really wasn't that exciting of a Masters, I guess you would say. I mean, Hideki kind of went box-to-wire with it. Uh, Shoffley, I guess, had a chance to make it interesting until he put one into the water on 16. Uh, You had a great take on him last week, Wild Man, about Matsuyama. You know, is this the next – was that the step he needed to now – take it to the next level is he going to be a major contender from here on out for the rest of his career he's only 29 years old and now he's elvis presley over there in japan also yeah i think so i mean he he you know if you were watching the coverage you saw that he was also the am the low amateur at augusta whatever it was 10 years ago so hey he's obviously got all the goods man he's got several wins on tour and now obviously um you know, kind of breaking down that barrier for, for Asian-American-born Masters winners. So pretty spectacular stuff. I'd expect to, you know, continue seeing him at the top of leaderboards, especially now that he's, uh, you know, proved what he's capable of. It was a really unique reaction to him winning the Masters also. Never really went, uh, you know, over the top and celebrated. He kind of looked almost shocked that he had won and, and kind of, like, overwhelmed with a sense of joy. Um, what was your favorite storyline of the Masters, Rob? I'm sure it had to be Zalatoris. Not only was it cool for him to kind of come from out of nowhere and finish runner-up, but the Mr. Gilmore narrative that went on throughout the Masters with him looking like Happy Gilmore's caddy from the movie. Everybody seemed to embrace it, even Adam Sandler himself. That was a great angle to the 2021 Masters, was it not? Man, I wish I would have posted that like weeks ago because I, I texted Wildman weeks ago about Zalatoris looking like Happy Gilmore's caddy. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I guess it popped off this week. I, I thought this was old news and everyone texted me that. And I was like, yeah, I said that weeks ago. But I don't want to take claim for it, but I, I was on that a while ago. And, and he nailed it, Edge. I mean, Zalatoris, I'm sick over that in play. I've been playing him uh, weeks, uh, you know, past couple weeks. I got I overthought it because he was a rookie and I didn't think he was going to do well and the dude just showed us up. Um, this guy's the real deal. Sixth at the U.S. Open, second at the Masters. He held on. I mean, he was he was second what after day two or something, and he just kept playing golf. So I like this guy a lot, and like you said. He's probably going to find my lineup this week at 9,700. Uh, aside from John Rahm, Zalatoris played the best Sunday afternoon also. I mean, again, Shoffley had a little run at it, but boy, puts that one in the water on 16, which is just an incredible letdown again for Shoffley. A crazy fact about Zalatoris is he's not even an official member of the PGA Tour for next season yet. He's got to win this season to get his card back, or else he's going to have to compete for it. No doubt I think he'll get it, but uh, a weird fact there about Zalatoris. All right, let's move on to this week's 
course, we had a lot of success at the Masters. Let's see if we can have some success at the RBC Heritage. It's happening this weekend, teeing off tomorrow morning. Harbortown Golf, Golf Links in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And Harbortown is famous, wild man, for their small greens, accurate uh, approach shots, not necessarily length off the tee. So what are the key stats, and, and what can you tell us about the course this week? Yeah, you actually, um, there's no length off the tee that's going to be advantageous at all. You know, it's really going to force you to lay up quite a bit off the tee to position yourself for that second shot. Um, and there's a lot of trouble here, too. You can get into some, some really bad shape if you get wayward off the tee or with your approach shot. So you're going to be looking for guys that can hit fairways and set up that second shot. But, but this is like the quintessential uh, dart throwers course. You need guys that can hit iron pie, hit them into the, uh, I believe, the smallest greens on the entire PGA Tour. That's what you're looking for, is just the guy that can get himself and see the green the best and, and definitely, definitely wait on good iron players. Uh, considering this is the first week, you know, five days uh, gone from a major, this field is incredible. Uh, DJ is in it. Zalatoris is in it. Morikawa. You got Hatton. You got Webb Simpson who can fire darts. Cantlay. Sung Jaim. Uh, you got half of the top 10 and half of the top 30 players in the world teeing it up this week at Harbor Town. So the strength of the field is a grade A. Let's start at the top, Robbie. Uh, Bones DK. He had a, a terrible Masters, all things considered, Dustin Johnson. But this is his home state home course this is where he grew up he is the high man on DraftKings this week is dj going to figure into your lineup yeah dj uh eleven thousand six hundred dollars he's a little high price this week uh he's the number one player in the world obviously but i don't know sometimes it just seems like dj just doesn't really care i mean he, he was just on that massive run he, he won the Masters last year um and it just i don't know $11,600, I'd I like to see him in a little better form or it seems like he cares before I pay up for him. So uh, he probably won't find my lineup this week, honestly. Last four starts for DJ, he has finished outside of the top 20 with a missed cut in there. But we love hometown guys on this podcast, TW Man 66 Is DJ going to figure into your lineup at all? Do you like him in South Carolina on his own turf? No, I'm going to fade him. I, I think, you know, as I described the course, earlier I think this sort of neutralizes him you know he when you see him really get out to the races it's when he can bang it off the tee and hit those wedges into the greens and and you know make eagles make string up birdies um I don't think he I don't think all his natural born talent factors in as much at a course like this so uh, for me pretty simple fate Cantlay is at 10,900 Webb Simpson who, again, we just said can throw darts. He's a precision player at 10,700. Makes a lot of sense that Morikawa's up there at 10.5. He's having a great year. He's a surgeon out there. Uh, Cam Smith, who we love, and is I think Cam has had four consecutive top 20 finishes, the exact opposite of DJ. He's at 10.2. And then Daniel Berger, who we haven't heard a lot from yet in 2021, was kind of had a, had a string in 2020 where he was on fire. He is up there in the world ranking. Where do these five guys? It's no wonder these five guys are up there in the in the top tier here because these are all surgeons with the mid irons bones. DK, do you like anybody out of this middle tier? Yeah, this is a pretty interesting tier here. Webb Simpson, the defending champion, 
Uh, he's in great form. Uh, he's going to be the highest owned guy this week for sure. He could reach up to 30, 40%, honestly. Uh, he's priced correctly, I think. Patrick Cantlay, uh, he has three top tens here. He's coming off two missed cuts. Uh, and when, when he had those two missed cuts, he was really high owned. So this may be an opportunity to jump back onto Cantley at 10,900 uh, just because people are a little annoyed with him right now. It, it, and you know, some people think his swing is off. Uh, before those two missed cuts, this guy was playing some of the best golf in the world. And these guys can turn it around any tournament. So this is a tournament he likes. I think he's definitely interesting. But then he has the same case as what I said last week. You have Colin Morikawa, 10,500, number four in the world, best irons in the world. And he's, and he's priced under Cantley by $400. So that's what's, that's what's kind of killing me this week. And you might find me back on Colin Morikawa. I've been a week early on a lot of guys this week. If he would have just hit a putt last week, just one putt, he might actually have been in the top five or even have a chance to win the Masters. So this guy's irons are still on. He missed so many putts, and I'm not really worried about him. If he can make putts, that's when he just wins uh, randomly. I mean, he has four wins on tour. If he can just uh, roll in a few putts, this guy could easily run away with the tournament. Uh, He doesn't have amazing history. Uh, I think he's only played once and has like a 65th. But again, this guy's in uh, some crazy good form right now, and I'm not too worried about him. I think I might put him in my lineup, especially if he's going to be a 5% owned. Uh, you know, with those other guys. And real quick, Cameron Smith, this guy is playing the best golf uh, probably out of all these guys right now in the $10,000 range. However, he has back-to-back missed cuts here at the the RBC. So it just seems like he doesn't like this course. And honestly, this guy's around the green is really good. So I like Cameron Smith at at, uh, just uh, different courses. He's finally priced according at 10200 not 8200 like last week. So, um, uh, Cameron Smith is a fade for me this week. I'm looking at uh, Morikawa and Webb probably as my top two plays. Boy, that's good analysis. Anything you can add to that, TW Man 66, out of those top six guys? I think Cameron Smith will, will easily be the lowest down of this tier. Um, but like Rob said, I mean, I, you always want to be wary of the guys that are riding the putter to the top of the field, you know, because it's just natural. There has to be a regression there. Uh, that's something I'd be worried about with Smith. Um, but the only other thing I'll say is very similar to last week. When you you get these fields that are so strong, and this actually for the tournament that it is, is a really strong field. Um, you know, you can really, really get these guys together that are uh, um, in that like nine k range that have just as good of win equity as the Webb Simpsons, the Cantleys, you know, the Burgers. Like you know, you're looking at Tyrrell Hatton. Let's say he's Eighth in the world. I mean, um, played well at the Masters. For some reason, people just don't like him. And same thing goes for Morikawa. You know, like he's a winner on the PGA Tour, and it just feels like he doesn't get the respect. Maybe just because he's he doesn't have the um, longevity that these other guys have. He hasn't been around long enough. But man, he can win anytime he tees it up, and he's got to be a favorite. Um, but I'm looking at this 9K range as guys that, geez, I mean. There's no question in my mind anybody in the 9K range has just as good a chance to win as anybody in the 10K range. Let's talk about that 9K range. You got Zalatoris, who's all of a sudden a, a fan favorite throughout the PGA Tour at 9.7. Uh, T. Roll Hatton, like you just talked about, checks in at 9.5. Corey Connors, who was red hot at the Masters last week, he's striking the ball and is a precision player 
at 9.3. Paul Casey is also a precision player at 9.2. And then uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who we've talked a little bit about, comes in at 9,100. And then Sungjae Um, uh, M, I'm sorry, who's down at 9,000. I mean, you're right. There is win equity there, TW man. Uh, Bones DK, who are you taking out of that middle range? Is this where you're going to start your lineup? Yeah, we won't uh, spend too much time on Big Z. You know, I love him. Uh, this guy is gaining on approach and uh, off the tee. He actually isn't that great at putting. So I'm going to ride some guys that are good at irons and just hope they're, they're putting, uh, you know, the putts go in this week. So I'm going to go look at Big Z. I think uh, Wildman has a great case with Terrell Hatton. This guy's a really great golfer. He can string up birdies. He actually came in third here last year at the RBC. Uh, last year was kind of a weird year, uh, 22 under was the winner and then if you look at the previous years you can even look like four years back is about 12 under uh is the winning score so i don't know what happened last year it's kind of a birdie fest so i'm kind of interested to see what happens this week uh but if it turns into a birdie fest hatton is a guy that can string up birdies together uh and those are definitely my top two plays there i know wild man likes cory connor's a lot this week but he's actually been putting pretty well uh so you know you don't want to ride a hot putter but this guy has been pretty consistent for about six, seven straight months. So I don't know if there's much of an argument there. Uh, one guy I did want to talk about was Paul Casey. This guy's in incredible form right now. I, I kind of wanted to, I looked at him immediately and I was like, oh man, I want to play this guy. I look at his history and he has missed cut, missed cut the last two years. So I, I'm going to look at that this week and, and look at history. And, and, and I, I usually say, you know, I'm not going to worry about the chalk this week. This tournament, I think anything can happen. There's not that much consistency in this tournament. So I am going to try to find guys that are low owned this week, and, and maybe they can just pop off at this course. And I'm going to look at history, course history at this one. Let's talk about Corey Connors, wild man, because I love him. In fact, I think when you bring up the phrase win equity, as you did just a moment ago, he's got as much as anybody at 9,300. He was only a couple shots off the Masters. I think he's, his interest probably started to fade a little bit there on Sunday afternoon when he started to drop a little bit, but he played pretty solid, and I think he can play solid again the way that the course sets up this week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we all we all talk about, you know, on Thursday afternoon or Friday morning after you see the results of the first round, you're all you're talking to yourself, right? Like, gosh, I overthought it. I knew it. It was so obvious. I mean, look at this guy's results and tell me there's an argument against him. I've said it on the podcast before. He's a tee to green stud. That's why I love him. His, his putters actually look uh, stake fit him, and you know, you have such a recency bias when you're talking about these golfers on draft games, look back to the Masters in November. He's got one missed cut, and he has one finish outside the top 17 in a dozen events. Top 10s with the players, top 10, back-to-back top 10s with the Masters, top five with the Arnold Palmer. I mean, there's nothing that you can really say to push me off this guy at 9,300 right now. Um, maybe he doesn't have a good week at the putter, and you eat it, but I'm not going to be sitting on the sideline uh, watching Corey Connors you know, be the 10th price golfer and finish fourth again. May not be a bad week either if you're a, a betting man and got uh, you know, a, a betting app on your phone to throw one in on, on Connors to win it also. I don't have the odds. I Almost every podcast have the odds sitting right in front of me. I don't have the odds. I only have the prices today. What about Paul Casey there, Wild Man? Do you want to add anything about him before we uh, move on to the $8,000 tier? My, my general take on him is is that, you know, guys, when guys reach the age of 40, statistically speaking, they just aren't consistent. 
Um, I've never been a huge Paul Casey guy. As a matter of fact, he's only got two wins on the PGA Tour ever, and they're both at Innisbrook here in my hometown of Tampa, uh, at Copperhead, at the Valspar. But, um, you know, he's just not a guy that really wins on the tour, and I think that, you know, we thought we, we make fun of Jason Day and, and Ustazen and these guys that are that are just like to quit at any point in time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say Casey's a quitter, but a guy that can eject with the best of them. Yeah. So yeah. I, for me, he's just not a guy I really ever zero in on. That's yeah, a fair point. Um, Eight thousand dollar tier. There's a lot of guys here, Bones DK, that we could talk about. I don't know how many are real threats, but I know kicking off the eight thousand dollar tier, a guy that we did like last week at the Masters. Got a two-stroke penalty, unfortunately. Abraham Answer comes in at eight thousand nine hundred. Fleetwood is also at eight thousand eight hundred. And then you got some guys like Harmon, Sergio Garcia, Lowry, Harris English checks in there. Uh, Westwood, Horschel, Kevin Na, who bizarrely like I don't know if you guys remember last week at the Masters. Also, uh, Kevin Na like they did a report like Kevin Na races back to to watch Hideki win from the airport. And I was like, why did he race back? It was pretty much, why didn't he just stay there? You know, he knew Hideki was going to win all week. Uh, anyhow, Kevin Knott comes in at 8,100. And then Matt Kuchar, who, oh gosh, I don't know. I, I don't even know if we can like talk positively about him anymore because we've really sold, you know, <laughs> sold the listeners on this guy. And he's uh, blown up in our face. But he's another interesting guy, I think, at 8,000. So anybody in that tier, Bones DK, that interests you. I'll just start with this. I've never been on Kuchar. Uh, I did not tell anyone on him. So, <laughs> um, real quick, also Corey Connors is twenty six to one, and just looking at the odds, real quick, uh, just in that price range, I see Matthew Fitzpatrick at twenty one, uh, twenty one, uh, twenty one hundred, uh, right next to Colin Morikawa and Terrell Hatton. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick at ninety one hundred. I might have to look into him a little deeper. I know he's been riding the putter a lot, and, and he's had good finishes here, a couple top 15. He just seems like a weenie, and he just seems like he only comes in, you know, 15th place. But uh, the, the, the T- BK Sportsbook uh, seems to like him at 21. Hey, we thought, Big uh, Z, there, so. we thought Big Z was a weenie last week also, and he played the best out of any golfer on uh, Sunday at the Masters. So, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, right? I don't know. I, I think I said Cantley. I, I said I don't know if Cantley has the stone to win. Uh, I've been on Big Z as well. I think you're taking wild man's words and putting them in my mouth here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never want to do that. You never want to do that. Uh, <laughs> anybody in that eight thousand uh, dollar tier though, Bones DK, that you like this week? Yeah, I like Answer obviously, but again, I think he's going to be the second highest owned guy. So I think you're going to see a lot of Web and Answer combos this week. It might not be wrong, but yeah, you maybe want to avoid that. Uh, this is, I'm not too in love with this range, honestly. I think Answer and obviously Brian ha- Harmon is playing great golf. He, he doesn't have amazing results here. Uh, Answer did come in second here last year. You might be angry about that two-stroke penalty. Uh, that guy is probably the best player in this range by far, and he is priced the highest in the $8,000 range. Uh, the other guy I'd probably look at is Harmon. And um, honestly, I don't really have many plays in the $8,000 range. That's not my two guys. Not Matt, Matt, not Matt Kuchar, I'll tell you that much. Wildman, do you want to defend your Matt Kuchar comments first um, and your Zalatoris no, comments? No, I don't. <laughs> do, you guys, do you like anyone in this $8,000 range? I, I think the Kuchar thing has been, uh, I think, a little amped up. I mean, I, I said he might make the cut. You know? I mean, I mean uh, but let's get real here. 
No, I, you know, here's a guy that I, I continue to get drawn back to like every other week. It's like, it's like if you're a booze hound, you'll get this, right? You know you shouldn't be drinking, you know, but then you look at it and you're like, eh, <laughs> you know, have a few glasses and then another glass and you keep going back. You know, you're going to feel like crap the next morning. You do it anyways because it feels good right now. It's like Kevin Nah for me, man. I mean, this guy <laughs> will jam it where the sun don't shine this week, probably. But I expect him to play well, and I and I'll probably play him, and I'll regret it on you know Thursday afternoon. I think Horschel is interesting at eight thousand two hundred. He stunk at the Masters and also like had a flip out that I think he kind of embarrassed himself when he flipped out and like started smashing his wedge back <laughs> into his bag. And then he also you also see him fall down the yeah flip. yeah that was the other thing I was yeah gonna bring I saw up. that he had a really embarrassing week. Uh, social media roasted him. He's a, he's a really <laughs> arrogant guy. I think he's going to have a good week at 8,200. You know, who knows about Lee Westy also? You know, he's been playing good golf. He's been pretty hot also. Only got about uh, a few minutes left here on the Bones DK Golf Cast. Anyone in that $7,000 range, an interesting uh, play I think could be Kevin Kisner at 7,700. And I don't want to steal anybody's thunder, but in the uh, brief research that I did before we came on the air tonight, uh, our boy from Pittsburgh, Brendan Todd, seems to be getting a lot of play at 7,300. Anything you want to throw out there, Bones DK, from anybody we've missed so far in the cast? Yeah, I think both the guys you said are pretty good plays, honestly. But the guy I'm looking at, I'm going right back to him. I played him at the Valero, came in second place. Chuck Charlie Hoffman. Love this guy. His irons are dialed in. Uh, he has pretty good history here. This guy just seems like he wants to win right now. I'm not going to think too much of it. He's probably he, he's definitely going to be in my core four if I do put a core four out. Uh, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, the two other guys I was looking at here were Russell Henley and Steve Kim. Uh, Steve Kim had a second place here three years ago, at, uh, and then followed up with two missed cuts since. But this guy uh, seems to be playing pretty good good golf. He was putting with his three wood last week, making some putts. So. Uh, this guy does seem like he wants to win. So those are my two favorite plays right now, 78 uh, at 78 and 7,900. Steve Kim and Charlie Hoffman. And Russell Henley, uh, he actually has terrible history here, but his irons, he's just an iron player. So this guy can pop uh, any time. But he, he has four missed cuts, a 22nd and a 23rd here. So really not great history. He's best finished the 23rd. So I'm going to go Hoffman and Steve Kim out of this range. Bones. Uh, I'm sorry, TW Man 66. Do you have a flyer of the week for us? I do, I do. Uh, he's coming in at 6600, and the reason he's a flyer of the week is pretty simple. He's won at Pebble Beach recently, which is a, a course management off the tee, and you know, shorter course, um, iron, you know, good irons into green set up. Uh, birdie putts. It's Nick Taylor at 6,600 because I value him actually as a player inside the top 100 in the world. And he's down here with kind of some of these guys trying to prove themselves. Um, I just think he's he's a sore thumb down there in that mid-6,000 uh, range that I think can play well. Um, and then I want to mention one other guy because I have to mention this guy. This is my play of the week. Remember, the Flyers are just Flyers. Right? We, we, we whiffed pretty big last week on our Flyer of the Week. But uh, my play of the week, I said this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, this guy's iron game, no kidding, this guy's iron game, in my opinion, is the best in the world when it's on. 
It's Lucas Glover at 7,100. I would put him in your lineup, and I would bet him to win. Uh, obviously, don't bet too much uh, more than you have, but I, I'd like, uh, I, I think it's worth throwing a couple bucks on him if you have it sitting around to win and sweat this guy because if he's dialed in, he can go very, very low. Bones DK, any final thoughts before we watch him tee it up at the RBC Heritage at Harbortown Golf Links in Hilton Head, South Carolina? Yeah, I like that call by Loudman. I played Nick Taylor many times in my lineup, and he seems to come through for me, especially your last guy in. I like that price for him. Uh, the two guys I'm looking at in the $6,000 range are Matthew Smith and Doug Gim. Uh, the Gim Reaper, I've been playing this guy a lot. He has some awesome irons and just has been putting terrible. I mean, literally one of the worst putters on tour. But I'm willing to gamble this week on some bad putters and hope they uh, you know, make some putts. You have smaller greens, shorter putts. If you get those, uh, you get those irons on the, you know, balls on the greens, uh, you're going to get some putt opportunities. So I'm hoping he makes some putts. And then that's uh, Matthew Smith. He's been having some good finishes, a couple top 20s. Uh, this guy has great irons. Uh, he's actually six on strokes and approach in my model here. So I like him at 6,900 to make some birdies and, and toss with some eagles even. Yeah, the Gim Reaper, Doug Gim, played in the last group or the second to last group at the players not too long ago. So, you know, he can certainly uh, get it done uh, when he needs to. All right, we also, Wild Man, uh, got together this past weekend in a Bonnenberger family golf outing, uh, opening day at my country club for the, uh, the four-man scramble. It was my 10th round of the year, so I'm getting closer and closer to 100. I'm documenting the whole thing, by the way, at, at uh, Golf Guy WV. But uh, who do you think carried the team? We finished with a 66, 7th out of 10th uh, overall, 7 out of 10 teams. We had seven birdies. We had two bogeys. Who carried the team and what went wrong for us, Wildman, on this past Saturday? Well, I don't remember making a meaningful shot in the event. Uh, nor do I really remember much after like the fifth hole. You know, it sounded like we were a just married uh, car driving down the highway with how many cans were rattling around in the cars. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it took me a few days to even remember I was there, you know? But uh, it was fun. Good time. Yeah, I came out of the gate with a natural birdie for the team. We were one under par through one. And then I think we maybe birdied the second hole also. And maybe the third hole. I mean, we... we we started out red hot, and then, as you said, as the uh, as the relaxers started started flowing, uh, things just got more and more uh, more and more difficult for us. But it was an awesome time, and uh, I was damaged the next day. It was a beautiful day here in North Central West Virginia on Sunday, the following day, afternoon at the Masters, and I was going to try and go out and play golf the next morning, and I, I just couldn't do it, man. My body. My body was not cooperating with me. Did, did you have any lingering effects? I mean, you were back at our parents' house. How did your next day go for you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I slept on a fold-out uh, couch in a hotel room that night. And it was <laughs> the mattress was so not level. It was like I was hanging on to like a, yeah. like a uh, trapeze bar. Like a vampire bat? I grab onto the top of the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. So I, I can't even believe I slept. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a grind. But, uh, but once you get them flowing out there, you know, on that green grass and the sun shining, it's it's tough to slow it down. Yeah, we weren't the only one that sounded like a just married golf cart at the uh, opening day of Sunny Golf uh, Sunnycroft Country Club either. I can promise you that. All right, 
It is the uh, Bones DK Golf Cast. We have the RBC Heritage coming up tomorrow morning. Harbortown Golf Links, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Bones DK Golf, thanks so much for joining us today. All right, thank you guys. I'll put the topics out a little later. Uh, listen in and, and thanks for listening, guys. TW Man 66, thanks for the analysis, man. Good stuff. Lucas Glover season. Let's go. Good luck out there. My name is Ed. You can track me on Twitter at GolfGuyWV. Good luck this weekend in Hilton Head, and thanks for listening to the Bones DK Golf Show.